Hi, I'm Zoe. And I'm Esbe. And we're too much. Ooh, good enough to get back to. Bad enough to bail again. Bit too much that you can't chew. But you're gonna tell your friends. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. Ha, you're too much. So today we're gonna talk about jealousy. Jealousy, jealousy. Jealousy. Mainly we're going to talk about how you compare yourself to people constantly. Mm -hmm. Like you're unable to have an interaction with someone without leveling yourself up next to them. And that can, you know, both it can be like a, I feel like the immediate reaction is like, wow, I'm a terrible person. Why am I immediately making this a competition or trying to put them down or putting myself down or being unhappy for their success? But at the same time, it's very human, and I think we all do it. So let's normalize being really jealous all the time. Yes. (laughs) We have Isabella here. Hey. Is my roommate. (laughs) Yes. Do you want to give a a brief bio for Isabella? Yeah, I'm going to give it. Yeah. Isabella is a collage artist, a performer, a photographer, a lover, a friend, a sister, a daughter, a bitch, a, a mother, b- <laughs> a bitch, a slut, a, bitch, a queen, a, just a, a legend. dirty whore. <laughs> Anything else to add? No, I think you covered it. It's more like, what am I not? You know, yes. it's less about what I am. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. heard her on the last uh full episode um talking about her goals for this year so we're gonna dig into more of isabella's introspective thoughts but first i really want to share i have a really great thought uh if you're interested in dating esme or i Oh, wow, that's your thought you want to share. You're trying to Zoe is a pimp now. <laughs> if you're interested in dating Esme or I, please turn this podcast off. Oh, okay, oh. good. I thought you were, like, selling no. us off. Yeah. Like, I thought you were, like, trying to be, like, an advertisement. <laughs> Guys, like, let's be real. Like, we need someone. <laughs> we're very lonely. No, no. No, please turn it off and um, yeah. never listen again. Because... In the last week, we've come across way too many men who, yeah. um... I went on two dates with men who had listened, and that is too, too many. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. It's, it was tragic. I had to see my therapist about it. And, I don't know, I think it, it it's, like, I can understand it, because if I were on the other side... And, and I was about to go on a date with someone, I'm the most, like, nosy person on earth. I will uncover everything... I will listen to the podcast. I would. But men just shouldn't listen to this podcast. If you are a man, like a straight cis man, turn it off. No, unless you fucking, (laughs) unless you're fucking. Jonah. Unless you're Jonah. Unless you're Jonah. Unless you're, even Martin, you're kind of allowed. (laughs) But like. I like that we're doing the only straight men we know. Even, yeah, so, but otherwise, the rest of you, turn it off. It's for your own good. You're confused. No, because it's also weird. It's like, if you wanted to go on a date with Zoe or Esme, like, you're (laughs) finding out all of this information without them giving it to you face to face. It's like, it's (laughs) non-consensual. We're going to have to delete that. (laughs) I ain't good. We 
don't condone. Okay. Um, we are getting canceled. Let's get into jealousy. More man hate to get rid of them. So, I, the older I get, uh, the more I'm realizing men are uncomfortable with women's success. And I feel like I've always known this. Like, I did a project, actually, in interdisciplinary studies in high school. My teacher was a, he had a doctorate degree, um, which is kind of interesting in high school. And I had done research about um, somehow like women's success and how it affects their partners. And all these men had said um, it didn't affect them and that they were happy for their partner. But but implicitly after they were uh, interviewed, like extensively, they realized that they actually did feel bad every time their partner was successful and they weren't upset when their partner did something successful like have a great dinner party they were happy for them but when they had some sort of career success they they reported feeling worse about themselves after in like large quantities it was pretty much no matter the study was basically like no matter what men feel like shit when they're dating a woman who's succeeding and i was watching (laughs) this is this is crazy shit i was watching megan markle um and prince harry their documentary like i wanted to know the things Mm -hmm. wanted all the tea and at one point beyonce beyonce sends Meghan markle a message oh they're friends she yeah and she says megan like um blah 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 like you've been chosen to break these generational curses and prince harry's hearing this and you can see on his face that he wants so dearly to be happy for her. Like, Beyonce's reached out and said, you were, like, the chosen one, basically. And all he can say, trying his best to be a supportive partner, is that was so well written, like, on the part of Beyonce. Like, that is a great man. Like, that's the extent of what men can offer in support <laughs> of their <laughs> female partners. You know what I mean? Like, he, it's not like he's done something wrong. It's just, like, that is truly the best he can do in the systems that we're working within. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, I don't know, because I've seen that as a theme you talk about a lot. Like, you've mentioned it in previous episodes, this idea of, like, you find that, like, men get mad when you seem to be doing something successful or something, which is not something I've personally really experienced that much. Maybe I just haven't done anything. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I, I'm curious, like, why is that such a theme for you personally? Like, Yeah, I just feel like times when I've been successful have been my least successful romantic moments. Oh. You know, and they've led, and even I've seen men try so hard to be so happy for me, and they really can be when it's something they don't want. But if it's something that they want, even like adjacent to what they want, it's hard for them to stomach that fact. Or even things that, like for me, a lot of it is like playwriting too, because some of my biggest successes come from playwriting. And it's like not like these men want to pl- like write plays. It's just like Yeah, Zoe's not dating in the playwriting world. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Because none of them are straight. No <laughs> man has ever no straight man's ever written a play. Fact. <laughs> you heard it here. It's a fact of life. It's just that they they want to write something and they want people to recognize their skill in writing. And especially because I'm not great at prose, and I think most men I know who write, write prose, they just, like, 
are, I don't know how it feels. I don't know if I'm projecting this onto them. They're upset that I'm getting success in this avenue that isn't prose when my prose is not great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why? Like, because prose, I feel like, especially with men, prose is such a straight man space, too. Mm, like an Ernest Hemingway vibe. Vibe, exactly. Yeah. And the fact that I'm, like, not great at that and they can, like, see that or whatever, it's like, they're fine with that. But then it's like, how could you be great at something they could never try especially with playwriting so few people playwright it's such a rare skill yeah it's more niche it it is more niche that they're just like how why i don't even trust that you're succeeding this because i don't know what's good a lot of people don't know what's Mm -hmm. good what's bad you know well that's a i i was watching girls today i'm re-watching girls like everyone else on the internet i love girls (laughs) Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, I, I want to be Marnie, but people tell me I'm Alina Dunham. <laughs> yeah. <you're, laughs> how no. are you, Marnie? You do not Just get like Marnie at vibes. all. Um, yeah, no, but. And, in I think I'm at season three. Season three. It's giving Adam Drivers in the mix. Well, Adam Driver, yeah, they're in a committed relationship, but Adam Driver, for the first time in, like, the entire series in season three, um, he starts to experience success. Um, he's, like, he's always been, like, an actor, and mm-hmm. but most of the time he's kind of doing nothing. He's, like, doing woodworking in his apartment, like, gets money from his grandmother, like, that's how he's staying afloat. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he auditions for, like, this Broadway um, major Barbara um production and he gets it he gets this really big role and um and it's kind of like an adjustment in the relationship because I feel like um Hannah is the character played by Lena Dunham um she she's used to being the artist in the Mm -hmm. in the relationship she's the one she's the writer she got that book deal and in the end, it didn't work out. Watch girls. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> uh, girls. Yeah. girls are paying us $1 million. But <laughs> at the point that, like, Adam gets this big career move um, as an actor and, like, kind of pursuing this creative thing, she's working in advertising. And, um, and she slowly sees, like, for the first time ever, he's not focused on her. He's really, like... He's kind of pushing himself away because he's like, I can't be around you. Like, I need to work on this. And, like, everyone around her is like, watch out. Like, Broadway, you know, they're sluts or something. Like, yeah. And then, but she starts to kind of have this crisis of, like, can you have two creative people in one relation? Like, how is it always going to be one person who's sacrificing their success for the other? And, you know, like, traditionally, like, gender roles, I feel like it's more comfortable for the woman to take on the sacrifice and to be the one who's, like, going to push herself more to the back to put success, to to highlight someone else's success. But at the same time, I think it can, I think more and more with time this like idea of like create like creative couple like I've always asked myself like could I actually date someone who's like also a writer um or would I, I I've I've only like been a like I feel like it would be hard to date someone who's in the same too similar to me like because yeah. then I would be jealous and comparing myself and all this and it's like do you want that in a romantic partnership? Yes. But at the same time, I also, like, have that, like, fantasy of, like, a collaborator. Like, there's all these, like, famous, like, writer couples who, like, really help each other and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, and what Kira said, too, when Kira came on, Women in STEM, listen to that episode. 
Kira's a stand-up comedian, and she was talking about dating another stand-up comedian and how that was an amazing experience for her and one of the best partnerships she had experienced. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, what? <laughs> I thought it would have been the worst. Like, yeah, that's why I was saying, like, because in that episode, you were just like, men are threatened <laughs> by my success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it more that now that you explain it. I just don't think I've ever, like, I don't think I've ever dated a man who wanted the same things as me. But it is nice to have somebody, like, see the validity of what you do because they do the same thing. Like, yeah. I've had a yes. lot of experiences yeah. with men who are in different like areas you know like studying business and things like that and they like <laughs> Isabella only dates business I only men. date business men. JMSB no. has been no. <laughs> never again if you are in business listening to this don't date me yeah please. turn it off turn it off right now <laughs> so we don't want you <laughs> so this has been just don't date us yeah. <laughs> we're actually we're trying to lower the listener count yeah. here um, no success no success Um, but yeah, and so my experience with, like, seeing, uh, men who are in non, not really creative spaces are that they, one, don't understand, and then go even further to, like, completely, you know, demean me and, like, diminish my accomplishments, you know, going so far as to say, like, like, what did you do today in school? Like, did you learn how to color inside the lines? Like, things like that. Like, yeah. really, really condescending things. Yeah. And so it's like, on the one hand, you know, maybe we're not competing, which is a whole other, you know, kind of evil. Like, I didn't struggle with any of that. But it's like, you don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. You don't respect, like, yeah. what I'm doing. Mm. Um, I think that reminds yeah. me of the Catherine Ryan thing, which is a theme we're gonna start posting our little diary moments on instagram i hope you enjoy this is sort of a theme of it but when you're saying that it's like you're talking about them making you feel small and katherine ryan has this whole bit about breakup um revenge body chloe kardashian yes. remember yeah and she's like oh she's gonna get a revenge body she's gonna bulk up beat him at his own game but it ends up with her um losing like 50 pounds or something and she's like oh I'm just gonna get smaller and that's how I'm gonna win and she talks about also like people want tall I've heard before like people want tall men because women feel comfortable being smaller Mm -hmm. and men want to be bigger and it's just like there's something so strange about being degraded or being told like what you do is stupid and it hurts but it also feels so comfortable to be small. Yes, yeah. and to be it's, safe. that reason is why a lot of the time, like, my reaction to these comments and these things is to just, like, be on the same side as them. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say, like, oh, you know, you piece of shit, like, you're hurting my feelings and you don't respect what I do. Like, I wouldn't go on a tangent like that, even though I, like, wanted to, but I would say oh, yeah, like, I'd go along with it. I'd be like, oh, today, you know, we learned how to make friendship bracelets. Like, I would go along and make myself the butt of the joke, you know, to make it less... To be like, you can't hurt me. To be in control, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, that's powerful, though, You're not saying anything that I'm not saying about myself. Like, we'll say the same thing. Yeah, and there's something, like, obviously vulnerability is power, but so is, like withholding that vulnerability Mm -hmm. especially with someone who isn't respecting you Mm -hmm. like you don't respect me you don't or you haven't earned that vulnerability yeah so uh, basically uh my older brother got really into meditation recently 
and he really stuck with it, like, did it every single day, sort of, like, religiously, and I genuinely saw, like, a change in him, like, he started being more compassionate, just, like, a better, like, basically, I saw him go from someone I did not like to spend time with, somebody who wasn't considerate, to just, like, a really thoughtful person, and when he recommended this meditation app to me, I was like, okay, well, I can see that it's working, so I'll try it, um, and it's called waking up by the way if you want to try it but it has all of these different segments that try and work on different areas and one of them is like this you know self-love sort of unit and you go from you know easier things to harder things and the first episode is sending love to somebody you have an uncomplicated relationship with and then you're supposed to work your way up to somebody that you have a very complicated relationship with um, and so I was listening to this first episode and, you know, the, the guy who was leading the meditation said, you know, picture somebody that you have an uncomplicated relationship with and send them love. And so I thought of, you know, a friend of mine, we're not super close. Um, I, you know, really like her. We've never fought. And so I considered our relationship to be pretty uncomplicated. Um, and I pictured her at her job, at a place that she really liked, where she was happy, and I was trying to send her all these good vibes, you know, in my head, and it was going really well, and then my, you know, thoughts kind of spiraled into this, you know, like, crazy tornado of like, okay, well, here's her being happy at her job, um, she's following her passion, okay, and then it started going, like, I wish I was like her, why aren't I following my passions, why is she better than me like I wish I was like her and suddenly I felt like I was like hating her for having this job and being happy in this space and following her passions and like I don't hate her I love her we have an uncomplicated relationship but like I used her to kind of hate myself through that like through this just like insane jealousy this like you know fueled jealousy fueled uh, meditation yeah yeah Yeah, it's interesting how you go from like I'm sending love to someone Uh, like you literally your intention is I'm going to send love to someone and the result is I hate me yes how does that happen it was also good because like it's not often that you can isolate your thoughts like that you know like you might have these self-hatred thoughts like a thousand times a day about different things but you might not recognize them because you're not like it's not intentional like this meditation he was leading me through it step by step and I like that was the first time that I realized how quickly I could go from loving somebody else to hating myself because I feel like Mm. I do that all the time but I don't like I can't identify it that easily yeah Yeah. absolutely thank you for sharing (laughs) I love those thoughts I hate all my friends because I hate myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that goes with forgiveness too hatred it's just like if you're having trouble with like feeling jealousy towards other people or having trouble forgiving other people it's usually about having hatred for yourself having trouble forgiving yourself it's like self-compassion is the answer to all those things but I also think like when you're when you're for example thinking of someone you have an uncomplicated relationship with that you're perhaps friends with but like not that close with all you know about their lives are these still like these highlight reels. Like yeah. you don't yes. know their yes. 
you don't know them at their like truly like rawest form like you know there's there's a million things that probably this person is insecure about mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. they're like sobbing about you know yeah, sorry, yeah. not to be sending hate towards this person <laughs> yeah. i'm like yeah ready like they suffer mm-hmm. but no i i think it's like it, it, it it's like a i i don't know it, we we forget that like you're never going even if you're so close to someone like even if they're your best friend you still don't have the complete picture like mm-hmm. you still feel like because you're always inside your own brain and your own like insecurities and fears and you're like you know like i i often feel like i'm walking through the world and like i have my body and then there's like all these like missing holes in me and i'm just trying to like hide them to like not show anyone mm-hmm. that i have like these missing holes and like and i'm like oh my god there aren't they obvious like these huge holes that like make me not a full complete working functional person while everyone else is and i'm just trying to hide them <laughs> like i'm walking around like filling up these holes putting like tissue paper whatever <laughs> yeah. and like and i think like but everyone else, they're complete. They're complete. I just have... But it's like, no, everyone else is also just trying to hide these things they're ashamed mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And I, I think it's so interesting. Like, I also think, like, I think of what would be, like, a really fun exercise is, like... Because you, you feel jealousy towards people, like, acquaintances, whatever. But you also feel jealousy towards, like... or comparison towards the people you're really close with Mm -hmm. and you're always like why am I doing this like this is fucked up like I love this person and only want to send love to this person and yet I'm like putting these complicated feelings towards them that are really complicated feelings towards myself like Mm -hmm. you said like it's Mm -hmm. truly you don't actually have any resentment towards this person it's resentment towards yourself and disappointments towards yourself yeah but I don't know and like sit down with someone and just be like this is, like, the things that, like, I, like, I'm, I compare myself as, like, you're ahead of me in these aspects or whatever, and, like, hear their perspective, too, like, because it's, like, it could be so possibly, it's most likely just all in your head, Uh, Mm -hmm. like, like, you feel like you're on this, like, track to life, and that you're, like, really behind, and everyone else is way ahead, and, but that's just not actually true, and I, I can yeah. sense that even, like, when I'm talking to people or talking to an acquaintance and I feel like they have an image of me that's way more successful than I am. Yeah. And I'm like, like oh, I wish I was that person, but I really am not. Like, you mm-hmm. could even sense it when you're interacting with people and you're like, they see me as this person and I really want to be that person, but I'm just not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel, I want to speak to that about something Isabel and I have talked about. But first, I want to talk, just podcast-wise, having men listen really made me reflect on the podcast, guys. It's as if, like, men listen for the first time ever. But no, our listenership has always been, like, one out of four listeners are men. Like, I love you. I'm sorry. Please stay. (laughs) But the, I don't know. We're just shocked. We're just shocked. Like, why are you here? We're shocked. But the thing is, with the podcast, sometimes I think people think what I'm sharing is things I'm proud of. Because usually no. what you... Sh- it's, like, <laughs> it's like, what I'm sharing is my deepest shame. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ashamed. Like, last... I've, we've talked a lot about the whole abortion part of last episode. It's like, I'm humiliated that I have those feelings. I don't want those feelings, you know? To want to haunt a man with our dead embryos or whatever. <laughs> like, those don't make me 
feel proud of who I am. But what does make me feel proud and what makes me feel happy is when someone listens and they, they tell me, oh, I felt the same way. Three people have told me that abortion shit, I feel the exact same way. And, and I'm so, it's just like, like the listeners are really like the, the part that actually alleviates the shame. Like the sharing is a good part, but when someone tells you they feel the same way, it's like. Oh, I'm not the fucked up person. I'm not fucked mm-hmm. up. This is just a secret. Now, on to the Isabella part. <laughs> um, Isabella and I have talked about when our friends do something that we do, how it kind of hurts. Like, I mentioned earlier, Isabella's into photography, and when she sees her friends, she knows lots of great photographers. Like, I'm sure you have, like, five photographer friends. It's like, you're happy they're taking amazing photos, but it's like, why can't I be the only photographer, you know? Yeah. It's like, it hurts to see other people doing what you do. It doesn't really matter if they're better or not. It's yes. Just like... Yeah, and especially when they're, like, your close friend. I feel like my experience, like, you know, probably the first time that happened, um, I was you know, when you're, like, kind of the quote-unquote, like, the most creative person in your friend group or whatever. Sorry to my friends. I don't know if that offends you. Um, <laughs> you're you're like, creative. You're significantly funnier, <laughs> smarter, better, <laughs> creative. Beautiful. Just when you have more sex and orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> when you're the only, like, cool person when in you're your the friend only group. One having yeah. orgasms, the pressure. Hard. Yeah, no, I was just dealing with like many balls and chains mm-hmm. and uh, yeah no but so I don't know like I had started a lot of hobbies and for a long time I was the only person kind of in my circle doing those things and when you're the only person you're also the best which is uh, <laughs> nice. thing. like it's great it's like it doesn't matter if I'm the worst photographer you know in the world but if I'm the only photographer in my circle that I know of and I can't compare myself to anyone else I'm great. It's great. I'm having a fun time. And, you know, when, you know, one of my friends picked up that same hobby in high school, I just felt like this insane, like resentment, jealousy, and like shame for feeling that way because I love her and I want her to do well. But I just remember feeling like something had been taken from me. And it was like, um, also like not having very much faith in yourself. Because even though I had started this hobby earlier, I was like, I'm bad at it. Major imposter syndrome. Like she's gonna be better at me than it, at me. Like, sorry, better at, at it than, than me. me. <laughs> um, like right away, and you know, it, I like comparison is the thief of joy. Truly, mm-hmm. like I just yeah, yeah. No, I feel like because uh, when you, for example, like you're taking something you're good at, you're like, okay, photography, like, and I, but I'm in this smaller world of it where I'm the only one in my friend group. And then you kind of feel comfortable in this, like, smaller environment where you you can be the best. Yeah, you're And, like, like, that stops you from growing. Because yeah. part of, like, you know, feeling inadequate and feeling like maybe I'm not the best and I actually have something to learn from others means you're in a space where you're, like, able to grow mm-hmm, and be yeah. challenged. And, like, and that's part of, like, the challenge of choosing to, like, you know, to study creative writing is going from probably a smaller pool where you felt like, oh, I'm the one who's 
who's good at writing and then going into a room where everyone else has the exact same goals as you. Yeah. <laughs> something, you are all like a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And then you pull up and you're like all the big fishes in one room. You're like, yeah. Yeah. My friend talked about that. Her experience with like being on a dance team. It's like everyone on the dance team is the best dancer in from their town. Yeah. Now here we all are. And where do you rank it? It's personal. But I heard on um, Jack Shepard's podcast, Classic Hey Bronwyn, we love it. Um, <laughs> he t- he was an anthrop. Okay, he was an anthropology major. And when you live in a group of two hundred people, which happened for a long time historically, you can be the best at something. If you're in a group of two hundred people, those two hundred people are the best at something, and that is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be the best at something. But when you live in a group of like. I don't know, like, four million or whatever in Montreal. It's, like, it's pretty fucking hard to be the best and at something. because of, like, social media and stuff, you have access to Every eight billion people. Right? Their lives, their art. You've never met these people, and you can see their art. You log on, you're like, wow, this person is so much better than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, you were talking about high school, and, like, I don't know. It's like I feel nostalgic towards a time where dreams were just dreams. You know, like you yes. could just have like these crazy dreams and no one expected anything because it's like oh, I'm 15. Like yeah. yes. I'm not going to do anything. Like I'm just chilling. Um but now it's like I I guess it's like I'm freaked out about time. I'm freaked out about my age. I'm freaked out that there's I just feel like I when I like see myself I see a timeline and I see myself on the timeline mm-hmm. and I see everyone else on the timeline and it's like all these little dots and I'm freaked out because it's like okay I did I Where start- would you rather be? Like where Um it's not even like oh do I feel like I'm in the wrong place. It's like I think it's just I I, I it's almost like I want to go back in time. Like Me I too. I experience that so often and like change things about you know oh I should have started this earlier mm. and like oh I wish my parents had put me in this like insert sport or <laughs> like no you know? I I so feel that with sports like I yes. wish I was a successful pairs um figure skater yeah for what for no, why and, and random <laughs> things I was watching this um gymnastics movie this morning and like I was in gymnastics for a little bit as a kid but then I had a temper tantrum and quit but I, and I had no desire to, like, go back to it, but I remember watching this movie this morning and being, like, so frustrated that my parents hadn't forced me to go back and then become, like, an elite gymnast. Mm-hmm. Like, where does that come from? Do I even yeah. like gymnastics? Like, yeah. I just want to be really good at something and have done something my whole life. Well, that's, I also think it, like, it just, it makes us, like, confront our own mortality. Like, this idea of, like, because... you like view your age and you're like I'm too old for certain things like I will never be a professional I'm past my time of going to the Olympics for gymnastics and that like freaks you out for a moment you're like oh my god I'm so like time is passing me by like I I just want to go back and have the possibilities like all the possibilities and I think but the thing is a 10 year old is too old to be an Olympic gymnast yeah, Zoe used to be a gymnast, yes. so she has all the <laughs> she, knowledge. No, I have all, all the, the tea. No, the, tru- the truth is I had a friend in gymnastics who started when she was seven, and we would all make fun of her. Because you were like, that's too old. That's too old. So it's like, it's always, I don't know. To start at seven. <laughs> but it's so great. And, and then you're, I think also, like, saying the thing about, like, your parents. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't they do this to, like, yes. 
I was mad at my mom for so long for not making me a child star. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you saw my potential. I know. (laughs) Why didn't you put me out there? I had angry conversations with her genuinely about not making me an actress at four years old. (laughs) (laughs) But with the, like, you know, seven being too old thing, I think that there's, like, an interesting stage of life. Like, there's a time before and after where you can try things, it feels like. Like, you know, when you're three and four and you're like you start off in these things and you're a prodigy and it's the right time to start yeah and there's this really embarrassing time in the middle yeah like 11 you know 11 like it's embarrassing to not know how to do something exactly but then I feel like at some point I don't know when it is like it depends kind of who you are and what you're willing to try but like in your 20s and on where it's like it's funny that I don't know how to do this thing if I'm an amateur now like yeah you know like I just I have never snowboarded in my life. And (laughs) I went on a trip with Zoe, um, and I booked snowboarding lessons at 20. And, like, the lesson, it was group lessons, and it was for people 13 and above. And for some reason, the embarrassment that, like, I felt this hole where the embarrassment was supposed to be, and I just didn't feel it. I was like, this is great. I'm learning a new skill. If I meet some... 14 year olds and like I don't care like yeah if I hang out with them I'm trying something and you know yeah like the embarrassment just wasn't there anymore so I feel like there's a part like after where you can start to try things again absolutely you have to like be okay with being bad at them and being an adult and maybe hating yourself a little bit one thing we talked about Isabel and I was like People who are famous or successful at one thing will speak about their life in hindsight as if it was always related to that one thing. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, like, comedians will be like, oh, well, I did this, this, that, and that led me to here, here, whatever. Mm -hmm. And as someone who hasn't totally found their path yet, you're like, oh, that's so fucked up because I can't. But really, it's just the human um, inclination to organize your life in narrative. And if... Tina Fey had become a um, NASA engineer, she would be able to... She was close. She was close. She was close. She was close. She'd be able to organize a story of her life that fit that outcome. So, like, when you hear about someone's outcome, know that the story they're telling has been has been molded to fit that outcome that makes sense. Like, it's not truly what they were meant to do. Like, they could have done lots of things and made it sound all right with their life you know yeah it's yeah. just like pattern seeking exactly yeah. and we always make narratives about our lives but you don't have to worry if you're if you <laughs> haven't landed somewhere like don't you'll you'll come up with a narrative you'll figure out why it was so essential for you to land where you landed but you know? it's almost like as i get old i make it sound like i'm so old <laughs> in my head <laughs> like we're becoming it's more aware true. of our mortality yeah <laughs> i well i do i don't know why I, there's something about 21 compared to 20 or like compared mm-hmm. to yeah. 19 yeah. that feels no, like right, right. it feels like uh, there's a shift in what stage of life i'm supposed to be in and that freaked me out like mm-hmm. i don't know it's like it's like it does feel like I should start getting my life together. Um, and even though it's more, it's less that I'm freaked out that I don't because I have, I have two mix between it. It's like I have these, 
I have these people around me that I have like a list that I'm like, oh, they're very, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. They're like in this good job or good internship that's going to lead to a job or whatever. Or they're like, they have so many things on their resume. Like they're going to have no problem finding something like they have it figured out or, and you know, and I think there's a difference between fields you study in. Like, for example, if you're studying creative writing and like, it's just not as clear what your path is going to be afterwards than if you're studying something like everyone who's like in like business school or engineering or whatever like they get a job right out of university and you're like oh great they did that whatever but I don't know it's just like I become freaked out because when I was a teenager I looked around people and like not the thing about like the dreaming like oh I had a dream and I was allowed to dream and it was so far away that it felt like it was just a dream and one day I'll think about it Mm -hmm. and now it's like oh now it's like now it's like get to work (laughs) but also you start being less optimistic not just about yourself but the everyone because you start being like okay if I actually think like you know if you listen to interviews of celebrities of course their life path has a clear narrative and like you said it's focused in and they like make it a good narrative but then the next but then you think of like actual people you know in your life like if I think of people who are just a bit older or whatever or like think of our parents or and you look at their actual path that they went through it is not clear at all. It's like you're never going to have it figured out. And mm-hmm. that's also, it's like I'm grieving what I thought I would eventually get, like clarity mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah. a path. Yeah. And well, and now I'm realizing there is no path. You just are walking. Yeah. And <laughs> hoping for the yeah, best. No, totally. And, um, and, and it's also like, okay, I, and I think it's like easy to like look at. Obviously, like, if you think 21 in terms of celebrities, like, there are so many celebrities who are 21 and incredibly successful. Yeah. I am not one of them. But if you think 21, like, compared yeah, to... Yeah, no, And I don't know, like, other people, like... It's like I think of people I know who are in their mid to late 20s and they don't have, like, things figured out. And it, it's both... It's like, it both gives me comfort because I'm, like, I'm allowed to be lost. But it also scares me because I'm like is there are we all just always going to be lost is there no other way of being and do I just have to be comfortable with never feeling comfortable yeah 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 I think like something that I struggle with kind of like that is like you know you hear of all these successful young people whatever um and a lot of there's so many like calm down guys i know like sorry you're winning an oscar at 12 um that's weird that's weird (laughs) fuck that's weird i hate (laughs) i'm coming on record to say i hate child stars i I hate them or no i feel bad for them i i feel bad for them but i do i don't i I also hate them (laughs) well you just said that you (laughs) cried to your mom that you weren't a child you outed yourself i was truly angry with her and she was like what? <laughs> I know. She was like, for what? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, but I think, like, something that I often get frustrated with myself about is that, like, you think it's really safe not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're like, oh, I'm gonna, like, do all these different things, ha- like, have a finger in, like, 12 different pies, basically, so that, you know, for, like, safety nets or, you know, because you don't know what you want to do and you maybe want to explore 12 different things. But, like, 
the people who are really successful, a lot of them just threw all their eggs in one basket and went with it, even though it was scary. Like, and it's a huge chance, but I feel like that's, like, one of the reasons that's keeping me from knowing what I really want to do, because I, I hold myself back by, like, being half interested in 12 things just in case mm-hmm. right mm. like yeah I think about that like of of whenever I experience like a failure in something that like I care about like uh it it's like I think about how like success isn't actually like oh you immediately get what you wanted you immediately get all mm-hmm. the opportunities you immediately are like offered everything success is that you are actually like faced with like rejection faced with mm-hmm. not getting what you want and you don't give up like especially if it's yeah. like you're more in a creative field like they always say like because it's hard and not you need it's actually just persistence and keeping going that like yeah. and it's like and I don't know and that's hard and scary but it, it I don't know it's scary to think like like you said that it's like you really need to commit (laughs) and not let go Yeah. also because if you get you know if you're interested in in a lot of different things and I'm not saying that in a bad way but if you are interested in different things and you maybe can't decide if you get rejected from one thing it's almost like it's not a huge deal because there are other things that you have but when it's like your number one passion like you keep going for it yeah yeah I don't know I feel like when you're talking about all these things, it's like, I have, the truth is with those kinds of jobs too, it's like, oh, I worked at a theater company for a year and I was the third highest in the company at 19 with no experience because I'll grind my heart out and I'll make my resume perfect and I'll tell them anything. But I was so unhappy. And that's what kind of scares me even more. It's like, I trust that I will have a job that people will admire. I trust that I have a job that will make me money, that will look great on paper. It's just like, how will I feel? Like, I really want a job that makes me feel happy, that makes me feel like I'm doing something worth doing. And I'm going to see people that that care, that are that have the same values as I do. And it's like, it's so much more than just, like, the capitalist part. Like, the surface part that I was talking about. Because I feel like I got the surface on lock. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, truly at my core and my values. Will I ever find something that fits what I what I want, what will feed me? Do you think that, like, when you feel really successful, you're convinced... I mean, I'm not saying that you weren't unhappy at your last job because I knew that you were unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I experienced it firsthand. <laughs> But, but do you think that in the future, like, if you experience something to that level again, that you will feel unhappy just because you're so successful? Like, do you feel like, I don't know, they're intertwined? <laughs> She's <something>? plagued by <laughs> success. I'm plagued by success! Because um, I know that, like, something really common is that a lot of people, and I feel this too, that, like, that you have to, you know, happiness is, like, involved in, like, struggle, and, I was telling Sadie this, because, um, Sadie, our animator, Mm -hmm. because I took an interview with her, like, did a little interview at this party about, um, jealousy, kind of, and she was talking about people she knows who are really successful animators, who have the same experience, or even better, you'll hear it, let's hope, um, But one thing I told her was, like, people who are successful now at 20 
it's not their path like I have this weird like sort of almost like faith-ish like belief that like if you're successful now at something it's not meant for you so when I first started playwriting and I first uh, worked really hard whatever it still took me five years or whatever but once I got success at 20 I knew it wasn't for me because I knew I was like mm -hmm. I've been successful that must not be the thing for me do you right. know what I mean it's like we all feel comfortable heading towards something and once you've arrived somewhere it's almost like this belief oh then I guess it wasn't ever meant for me because I I got here and I'm too young to have gotten here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's supposed to be a journey and if the journey ends when you're young you realize oh it's it's a different journey I guess but that's been... interesting I didn't know that about your thoughts on playwriting but you feel like it I've isn't. done it <laughs> so, I like, won that's so interesting like I view that as like a I don't know, because I don't relate to that feeling. Like, I don't think I've experienced that where I've mm -hmm. been, like, so, like, I felt like something was complete in that manner. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you're, like... That's right up. And, like, and then what, like, what replaces that in your head? Like, what's... Like, currently when you're thinking, like, there's something I want that I don't have that I'm working on, what is it that comes up? It's that you don't it's have podcasting. it podcasting. Uh, it's it's pod podcasting. Yeah, I think podcasting for sure. But... Also with playwriting too, I don't know if it's just like because I wrote two of my stories that feel like my life stories, two of them, have been plays and have won awards. So I feel like two of my life stories are done. They're, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I feel like I have another story. Mm -hmm. And I've worked on this play for a year and I'm kind of stuck. Like, I don't know how to tell this story, this other story in my life. And I feel like I need more experience. Like, Well, that's you know? what I think about a lot is like, because one of, like, the things about, like, writing is I'm, like, part of writing is just living. <laughs> like, you need to live enough to that's write about writing. it. <laughs> and, like, and that's, like, so whenever, like, like for example, like, the, I, I remember I was, like, this summer I was, like, working my three jobs. I was, like, not <laughs> writing at all. I wasn't doing anything but working. Like, barely, like, I, if I saw my friends, it was, like, late at night, you know? Like, it was truly a miserable life. But, um... <laughs> I I uh, I tend to do that. Like I tend to schedule <laughs> everything, whatever. It's um, scary. and I was like being like, and I and I, you know, and every time there's like a break, like a summer break or something, I think it would be the time I'd get more creative or get writing, whatever. But and it don't. never is. It never is. You always end up writing like when it's like finals and you have ten things due, and you're like, let me work on this story now. <laughs> like it's always like the times that you're the busiest that you suddenly feel inspired. But like when you have nothing, you're just like not you you don't end up doing it and so I I was and I felt really upset with myself because I was like you know what like this wasn't my goals for the summer like all I'm doing is working but I'm not doing anything that makes me feel like like I'm going towards my goals because always my like dad so my dad's always like when I'm like working these jobs he's just like well you know like these these like kind of like minimum wage jobs that are never going to lead to anything that actually will help you in your career and like that always like gets on like and makes me anxious because I'm like okay I'm doing something that literally all it does is give me like temporary money I guess but it doesn't really lead to anything and like then that freaks me out like I'm giving so much energy so much time to things that all this and then I like was on Instagram and I saw this like quote 
and it was um, Cheryl Strayed, the one who, I don't know how she pronounces it, do you know Cheryl Strayed? No, I don't. The one who wrote Wild, the memoir. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. beautiful. Anyways, and she has, like, the Dear Sugar column, I think. Anyway, but it was, like, a quote from one of her, I think it was one of her advice columns or whatever, and it was kind of, like, saying, like, um, and she's someone who, like, wasn't, was very poor, like, working whatever, jobs, all that, like, and only became a successful writer, like, kind of later. Yeah. And she writes, like, she's, like, you know, sometimes you, like, feel like, oh, the job as, like, a waitress is useless, is whatever, like, but it's, like, no, like, this is all, like, these are all going to be one day useful, like, all of these experiences, Mm -hmm. like, as a writer are one day going to be useful, and it's, like, and I totally, like, just shift my perspective, because, I was not, I'm not poor. <laughs> like, I'm... Like, she did it. <laughs> um, just, like, just want to say that. You gotta just, cut that out. Yeah, no. I just want to make it clear that I, I'm, I'm very, priv- like, I am privileged still. Yeah. I... But I, I've been leading this group as I do in my job, and this week we're talking about leading with vulnerability and what it means to have a personal brand and not in the capitalist sense but like what it means means to be you to tell your story and uh, a kind of in the capitalist sense you know yeah for your job it's kind of like if you and Isabella have the exact same resume it's like how do you set yourself apart and it's your experiences and it's your it's being vulnerable about those experiences and your values and those are the only things that make you really you because whatever you're doing in life anyone else people can do that like if you're I don't know like like I'm poetry editing or whatever other people are also poetry editing that's the way it goes but to have the experiences that I have that is unique that's individual that's part of my path and and sharing those and what I've learned from those and how those have shaped my worldview is my vulnerability is my power in in creating my values and creating, yeah, how I see the world. And, yeah, well, just like you're talking about with the waitress thing, it's like those experiences shape you, whether the work, anyone can be a waitress, you know? It, it's about the I way you be, share. I would be a terrible waitress, just to be clear. <laughs> it's the way you share your waitress experience. It's your perspective on waitressing that is unique, that is powerful, that is vulnerable. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it's still hard because like when you say that, like my immediate thought is like, I'm not special. I am just like I I don't know. Like I immediately think like mm-hmm. especially like I think like throughout. I think university has just heightened all insecurities mm-hmm. yes. for me yeah. because it feels like, oh, I first of all I feel robbed of a year of university me because too. of the pandemic, and I feel like I was like in a standstill and didn't do anything in that year. I don't know, it's, like, when I I feel, it's, like, I'm, I keep, like, trying to find a space where I feel adequate and feel like I'm, I have the strength to be there, and then I feel, like, torn back down. Like, I, I'm, like, no, I'm, it's, like, I'm in, I'm in so many spaces, and yet I don't feel like I belong in any of them, and I'm starting to wonder, like, if belonging in a space it even exists. Like, that's, yeah. like, another thing and I don't know if it's in my own head or reality like because it's like you know I have two majors I'm in creative writing and I'm in journalism and they're really you know they they have similarities but they're also very different vibes they're very different spaces and you you know when I'm feeling bad in the journalism space I look towards creative writing and when I'm feeling bad and insecure in the creative writing space I look towards 
journalism and I'm like I I just constantly want to I want to belong somewhere and see where my strengths go and um like I just feel insecure in both Mm -hmm. and like I compare myself so much uh like I feel like all I've done throughout university is compare myself to like and feel smaller or feel more inadequate towards the other people in the room because like especially with like in journalism like you know it's pretty easy to like do well in journalism like grade wise but you you know it's not about your grades like if you want to do well in journalism it's all about like they say like you have to be involved in student media you have to be like constantly like Mm -hmm. publishing you have to be constantly out there doing the work and i wasn't doing that I'm not doing that and Mm -hmm. and part of it and and you know I you know when I feel that like I know like sometimes I have people and they tell me and they're like okay if you actually did write all these like news pieces for like the the newspapers for like at Concordia would you have been like happy in that space doing that and Mm -hmm. I'm like probably not like that's not actually the type of thing I want to be doing but yet I feel inadequate because I'm like, oh, other people are all doing that, yeah. and that's what you're supposed to be doing to be, like, successful in this field that I don't even know if I want to be successful in. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. and then I go towards, like, creative writing, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm not an editor anywhere. I'm not doing that yeah. either. Like, I'm not, like, and I'm like, okay, I've, like, you know, submitted a few stories. I've been, pub- like, but it's, like, not really a lot. And, like, some people yeah. really, like, grind. Like, they do it a lot. And, like, you're supposed to because you're, like, supposed to build a portfolio and stuff. And it's, like, I don't feel like I have a portfolio. Or I feel like I say I'm a writer and then I'm never writing. Like, (laughs) that's the other thing. It's, like, and then you, like, and when you say you're something and you don't feel like you're doing it, you just feel like you have no identity. Like, or you feel like a liar. Or, like, a fraud. imposter. Yeah, because, like, me and Zoe have talked about this before. I don't know. Because you're in creative writing, so you had to submit a portfolio. Yes. So we talk about how sometimes our programs required like extra, you know, submissions to get in and to sort of like, yeah, like prove that you're, you know, worthy of being in these programs. I don't know. What, what's a better way of putting that? Sorry. No, I don't know. Just like we need the approval of something genuine because grades are one thing and it's like you can get into me you get into u of t ubc with grades mm-hmm. but to get into concordia with a portfolio yeah is so much more like this is me this yeah, is what no, i can exactly. create and that's what it made me think when you were talking about this story of you mm-hmm. it's like okay so you're not only seeing my grades like i'm not just a piece of paper to you you're seeing me as a person whatever i submitted all these personal statements and um But the hard thing is that when you know that everybody's jumped through the same hoops, when you know that everybody is also, um, you know, sort of like you think of them as also worthy of being there, it's hard to ever feel like you're good enough at all. Because, again, it's the same, like, everybody's a big fish. Mm -hmm. And, like, how, you know, like, how am I, I'm the smallest fish in my head because I don't, Mm. like, know what anybody, like, I can't tap into what anybody else is doing, Yeah, and I, and I don't know, and it does feel like everyone else is doing so much more, Mm -hmm. or, like, that's, like, the, I don't know, it's interesting, like, and I, and I know, like, it's something I work in therapy a lot because this is, like, the biggest theme for me is, like, I always, I'm like, I'm the one who's still behind and everyone else is ahead or, and she's, and and, and like, and the, and it's almost like because you're so critical of yourself and you're like, 
and you're creating this narrative. Like, you're not motivated to yes, try you're, you things. Are, you are keeping yourself behind mm-hmm. by yeah. being that critical. Yeah, and, it, and it's exhausting being yeah. so critical. Because, yeah. And it's funny because it's true because when I, I look at um, personalities, like, are – because sometimes I'm like, I have the wrong personality for something. I always yeah. think about yeah. that. I'm like, I have the wrong personality for journalism. I have the wrong personality. I don't know. Like, I just feel like, and again, like, back to the idea of, like, I just want a space where I fit in perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a space where I fit in perfectly. And and I'm I'm obsessed with finding it. Like, I just want to feel, like, fully, like, I'm the, per- I, me and the type of person I am perfectly fits here. Mm-hmm. And I've never been in a group of people who have been, like, I fit yeah. perfectly here. The, yeah, that's the thing about perfect is it doesn't exist ever. Yeah, you know, that's doesn't. the thing. To find a space where you fit in perfectly, you would have to cut off every single person in your life and yeah. be completely alone. Like, yeah. even, you know, like, even coming home like I like yes it makes sense to feel this sort of imposter syndrome at school but then when I come home it's like sometimes I think you know I know my roommates really well I've seen them at their worst moments kind of thing right I've seen the real them but there are some times when I can't stop myself from feeling this imposter syndrome like even with the people I live with it's Mm -hmm. like you you know Zoe is this like resume master like she has (laughs) you gotta see my resume (laughs) um yeah but yeah so there are all these things and a lot of the time like her you know like my other roommates success like it is hard to Mm -hmm. to deal with like in a space that you're in all the time like living with them but it is easier to like be vulnerable and be like hey I'm really jealous of you and you know I resent you for being good at this yeah, with that but, comfort. But so, that's the thing is yeah. the people who, like, it's, like, a realization I've had is, like, I've observed, like, who does well? Like, who actually... And it's not necessarily that they're more talented. Like, that's yeah. what I've noticed is it's, like, some of them are. Like, some yeah. of them I'm, like, oh, my God, you're, like, so talented in this. You're so, like... And, like, I really admire your skills. And, like, I get it why you're yeah. successful because you really are so... It's more like this blind belief in oneself yes. that like, yes. and I'm, mm. and I, and I've noticed that cause I'm like, oh, like the people who do really well in journalism, it's not even like that they're like really good writers or really good, whatever. It's more like, I just noticed that they're like, they don't really care to like go out and ask someone something like, you know, like they're just very bold and they're always going to ask to do the thing. They're always going to be there at the event, like yeah, whatever. And, and trust with, that you're going to do well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just this blind optimism that like I deserve to be here and I'm going to take the space and it's like and you're like oh like I just need to like believe in myself like to be able to take space and it's kind of like it's a weird catch-22 because it's like oh well I need to do something good like I need evidence to believe in myself Mm -hmm. I need to do a bunch of good things achieve things to believe in myself but you never you know it's like you can achieve things you never achieve what you want to you know you'll never get to that end point because it always moves so like how do you believe in yourself with that unfinished business kind of yeah and I feel like talk about parents like I cringe my heart out like I'm so embarrassed I got to share this with you guys but it's it's necessary. Necessary. I, I have parents, I must admit. Yeah, we, oh, we have breaking parents. news, we have parents. We have parents. I was birthed. <laughs> crazy, I came out of a vag- vagina. Yeah. Um, but I remember my dad, we sat down, um, 
in December and he was like, so like, um, your career, like, what are you going to do? And I remember I was about to explode. I'm like, I am the best I can be. And it's not enough for you. Mm. Like, it's like, why, like, what else can I do? You know, it's like, that's why sometimes I feel like I just need this image of it's perfect. Like, I don't want anyone to ask me what I'm going to do, where I'm headed. Like, I want you to see me as complete. I'm perfect. I've done it all. I've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Leave me the fuck alone. Ask no questions. <laughs> you know? Move on. I don't want to talk about it. Literally. Yeah. You know? No, but it is such a, like, uh, like, especially, like, with me, like, I only have two semesters left of university. And, um, and then a lot of people I know are graduating, like, this semester and all that. And so it's, like, anytime you're, like, in a group hangout or whatever, like, people are always asking, like, so what's happening after? Like, what's... <laughs> oh, no. And it's, like, yeah. you're like I'm gonna kill myself. really want to die. Like, or, like, I went, like, to my grandparents' house and she was just, like... My grandmother was just, like, yeah, so, like, what are you going to do after? Uh? And I was, like, you know, I, I don't... I don't really but know. I love <laughs> And she was just like, well, you got to figure that out. No, don't I you? And then she they... kept bringing it up. And I and I wanted to, like, I started, like, shaking. Because I was like, yeah. every time, now, like, no, when people ask yeah. me that question, it, like, just triggers me to a point of, like, because it's, like, it, it scares me so much. Because it's, like, I want an answer, too. Like, trust me, I want an answer. No. But I don't have one. It's so funny, though, how, like, adults think that it's, like, a funny, light topic of conversation. It's just- <laughs> paralyzes me with yeah. fear because like you're, oh like how old are you like okay light what are you gonna do with the rest of your life mm-hmm. okay like i'm leaving this conversation i want no part of it you've just ruined the dinner party yeah because it's your whole life yeah. it's your whole identity it's your whole worth being on the line yeah. and it, so it does it's not a light-hearted question of like oh like what are you doing like it really feels like everything you are it, is me. being questioned no exactly <laughs> and like i don't know sometimes i feel like i'm like i'm literally as perfect as i can be and it's not enough like what do you do with that you keep you keep doing more until you can bust like i don't know what to do and and that's that's also like you're never gonna get the full validation you want from the from others like you're never gonna get it and so it's like all you can do is live your life to the point like you said like you're like okay i experienced like a successful job where like i was high up and young and whatever but i was so unhappy but like And you're like, it wasn't even enough for the people around me. Like, if I said I had that job and whatever, like, people were still not, like, like, wow, amazing, Mm -hmm. perfect person. No, exactly. And you can weave the narrative. Sometimes for a long time I would weave the narrative of explaining, blah, 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 blah. But that takes up so much energy to tell someone, here, here is why I am perfect and I've done it and I've succeeded. And it just, and they'll be like, okay. Mm, a little bit of skepticism and it's still not enough it's just like okay then i'm not gonna give that space and energy when my dad that's good like, i don't have like, time why would i put on this whole production for you like it is literally lights camera action like everybody get ready because i'm about to pull out the best performance of my life <laughs> okay for you just to go hmm interesting like i just bent over backwards trying to explain what i want to do with my life to yeah. you i'm just gonna be like um you know, I'm not sure yet. Or sometimes I just give like a one word answer. I'm like, grad school. Okay, great. 
<laughs> like, like literally, <laughs> it's almost like they, yeah, I don't know, I feel like the only way people are content is if you say something, especially, the trouble is that all our parents are Gen, Gen X's and boomers, so it's like, uh, now people switch careers at least six times in their life, I mm-hmm. heard that study, but then they would only switch it once or twice. Yeah. So it's like you say, no. you're a doctor, you're this, you're that, and it's like, if I can't give you a one-word answer, it won't be enough. Yeah. It's like... And and something that is words, so, like, my dad has such an unrealistic, like, origin story, and so it makes it even harder for him to understand my life, because, like, you know, he... He was a math, like, genius his whole life, right? He was a natural at it. And I asked him what universities he applied to, and he said, I only applied to one. I wanted to go to U of T, and, like, I knew I would get in. It was the only option. Then he got in, and he got recruited for a software company right out of university. And he has been working there at that one job for, like, I think this is going to be, like, his 45th year. Oh, my God. Same with my... one of my one friend's moms. job. The same story. You've been there your whole life. You got recruited out of... Like, you didn't even... He doesn't even, like, have a degree, I think. Like, he just got scooped out. So, like, I just... It's so hard to explain anything. Like, he just will not understand. Yeah. And now I'm feeling embarrassed. I feel like... I feel like... I don't know. Like, I've tried to be, like perfect for so long that like on paper my life is perfect so I don't know how to be like I wish I had this experience because I have that experience but I'm in agony and I don't know what I'm gonna do and I don't have any real skills (laughs) 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 it looks great which is wonderful I love the appearance Mm -hmm. but at its core what is it nothing it's giving I have nothing (laughs) so don't well well I feel like it's so funny that we started this episode being like, it's about jealousy, because we barely have talked about other people. Like, it's really become just us being we're like, I'm inadequate. Like, we like, don't know what to do. We're like, we're all inadequate in some way, and we yeah. don't know what our life path is, and it's... This is like the meditation. We've turned this from talking about other people into self-hatred. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and But that's why, like, I, it's like, when I talked about jealousies, I knew, like jealousy goes to like this deep core of like insecurity like it, they're interconnected like the people that like you know in comparison goes to this deep core of like how am i inadequate like you know like the people i compare myself to the most are the ones who are like who are do studying the same things as me but like doing it so much better like getting published getting whatever mm-hmm. like filling up and then i'm like i am i don't know it's just I don't I just wish like I and and you know as we're all saying it like we're all like ah this is how I'm so insecure about this and this (laughs) and that hey like and I'm just so curious like is there a possibility where you feel secure is there a reality where you do feel confident so confident in your abilities and what you're doing or is that just a myth we're given like it's just like that's is being human constantly doubting what you're doing mm-hmm. and whether you deserve to be mm-hmm. doing it or is there is this just being 21 Young. years yes. old yes. and so and it, and i i guess i need to research that ask some <laughs> questions we'll it, ask some know. people i think 
it's also one of the most like I don't know or some of the most complex emotions to sort of like disentangle like jealousy and insecurity because even like Mm. jealousy with partners like everybody has a different line for jealousy with partners and a lot of like they they can't explain why they're jealous like you know and you just feel crazy and you don't know how to work on that part of yourself that's like oh, I can't, he liked another girl's picture. Like, I, like, how do you work on that? Like, I, I don't even know how to yeah, begin. feeling stuck with that. Yeah, and totally. so it's so hard to sort of take that apart and figure out where to start. Yeah, and it's unattractive to your partner too. That's the problem. It's like, jealousy doesn't make you look good. Mm-hmm. But it's such a hard thing to deprogram. Like, we all have some level of jealousy and insecurity, and it's like, like that makes me unattractive like I cannot take that like I cannot remove that part of myself yeah I want you guys to say because I thought it was kind of funny the the how you do not feel insecure about your looks oh yeah oh yes (laughs) Yes. okay yes all right I'm gonna start (laughs) so me and Zoe are kind of we talked about our like dating habits and we realized that we're kind of opposites in the ways that we like feel insecure and secure yes yeah yeah so when I'm like dating someone I there's never a doubt in my mind no matter what they look like that they find me attractive like I assume pretty much everyone finds me attractive like there can't <laughs> yeah which is fucking kind of crazy there's like if, if someone I dated like starts dating Bella Hadid I'll I'll figure out how I'm more attractive than them. Like, yeah, you level uh, down. I, Hadid. I will level Bel Hadid down. Like, I can make anyone uglier than me, no matter what they look like. But personality-wise, pretty much with everyone, not even people I should be jealous of. Like, I, I conceptualize pretty much everyone as having a better personality than I do being more enjoyable than I do when I go on a date never for a moment do I think will they like the way I look it's uh, who I am and who it's not even a thought like the way I look I'm like they're gonna find me attractive check now how do I be a person worth having like it's just like (laughs) just that small (laughs) it's just just like all that I am basically Mm -hmm. that becomes the issue (laughs) it's everything it's just yeah Uh, And for me, it's kind of the opposite where, like, you know, if I'm looking at an ex-partner's, like, new partner, maybe, and I think, like, oh, yeah, you know, she's really hot, I will convince myself, like, there's no way she's as charismatic, as funny, as smart. Like, I, my personality outshines anybody else's in all the ways that matter, and, like, there is no way that any potential partner of mine could not like my personality. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, yes. And as may somewhere in the middle, like a normal person. Yeah, like a completely <laughs> normal person. As may giving normal I, I today. feel like I'm niche. I'm niche. I'm, I'm <laughs> niche. <laughs> like, I can feel super confident about my looks or super confident about my personality, but in a niche way. A small, <laughs> different. A small audience could appreciate. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. She, an acquired taste. I'm an acquired taste. Yeah. That's my, my view of my... Uh, but but it, I, I wonder, like, do you spend more time, like, 
looking at other girls and comparing yourself to other girls appearance wise or I don't know I think they just kind of it just like the personality thing negates the looks for me so I kind of don't you're like I'm so powerful with this (laughs) yeah Yeah, like it's almost like it doesn't matter how hot this person is Mm. like and I like again like I don't even like really compare like I think oh this person is hot they could be hotter than me but there's no way that my personality doesn't like make me better yeah. than that. <laughs> no, what I yeah, I've never. Seen yeah, that. no, but I I, I do see like it's um like okay, it's a way to protect yourself from your other insecurities because yes. you're like or it's also the way to protect yourself from rejection if you're like, um like because I think like I do do that in certain ways is that I play on my strengths. And then, tr- and when I'm, like, flailing and my insecurities are at the forefront, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter that I'm not good at, like, this part of, like, like journalism or whatever, because it's like, I'm actually more creative. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't write in that style. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, like, that's actually because yeah. I'm just, like, this creative genius and whatever, <laughs> so that's why I'm failing at this. And so, I and I think, like, you do that no matter what. Like, when you're in a situation where you feel threatened or you feel smaller or your insecurities or you feel like they're in the forefront, suddenly you have to compare yourself to everyone. You also have to compare yourself to everyone else in the room who's, like, doing relatively okay mm-hmm. and make yourself special and be yeah. like honey I think like the thing that I've always relied on is like no matter what as I feel like I have like good people skills like I'm yeah I'm 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 I'm, I'm likable I'm like <laughs> I, I like no matter what I know people will like me yes. like in a way of like I'm easy to have a conversation with mm-hmm. and then it doesn't matter if they're like they like me a lot or they don't like but I'm like you know what if if someone's like really good at this at least I'm the more like likable one <laughs> like yeah. in that way and I rely on that so it's true that we all have that we all have like something this is trust. my strength this is what I'm gonna rely on when I feel like everything else mm-hmm. is falling apart yeah and it, it, and it's also like that we also have like you can be good at one thing yeah like that yeah. kind of feeling yes. when it's like yeah. you actually can just be a full complex person yeah <laughs> many facets but it's mm-hmm. hard to do that but mm-hmm. I don't know and it is comfortable it's comfortable to rely and it, it's also like awful when that um thing that you rely on gets like gets kind of taken away like you start to doubt it you know, like, yes. those moments are the worst. That like, is the worst. Like, for example, if you're, like, on a date and you're trying to be funny and charming and they're, like, not. Yes. You're, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this and is it, totally. Yeah, and it has happened before. Believe it or not, there have <laughs> been times people did not get my sense of No, the same with, like, finding me attractive. It's so, I'm, like, oh, wait, you didn't want to have sex with me? Like, <laughs> what? what's wrong what with you? <laughs> you're, like, most of the population have. <laughs> Yes, in a sense, it does feel like like alarming. But yeah, you're like, what the fuck? It's yeah. good with those things because it's like the one time you get to say what's wrong with you instead of what's wrong with me. Yeah. Like when you're like taking yourself no, that's down. True. <laughs> like when you are like 
having this negative self-talk like all day every day but then somebody doubts like the one thing you have you're like no you're the wrong one yeah here. like <laughs> you have this belief in, you have yes. that belief in yourself yeah yeah and it's also weird if you're like if you don't rely on your looks and then someone like someone's really into you but just for your you're like what i know like, i'm like I, this is not uh, my like, brand like, yeah yeah when someone likes you, you for what you get don't feel what yes. the story is like I'm more of a, I don't know, yeah. a talker. I'm a talker. I'm like, I haven't opened my mouth yet. Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're just like, what? No, but yeah, no. I think it's just, I don't know. I So it, 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 it both is like, I wouldn't like pull that rug away from us, like to have that. Yeah. That because like, it is such a comfort to be like mm-hmm. when all else fails, I have this. Yeah. And I'm gonna rely on this, and this is the one thing I'm gonna allow myself to be like, like delusionally confident about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is. I don't know. Sometimes you just need something because you're gonna feel insecure all the time. That's how I. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes. No, it's true. Let's end there. <laughs> I think that's a good note. Okay, ready? Go. Hit it. <laughs> I'm Isabella. I'm Zoe. And I'm Esme. And And we're too much. Okay, introduce yourselves. Um, My name's Jordan McDonald. (laughs) My My name's Ethan. All right, now I want (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ethan McNally. Okay, amazing. Your employers are going to hear about (laughs) you. No, they've already seen worse. Okay, um, I want to know if you guys have ever experienced jealousy... And like, what comes to mind mm-hmm. when I say jealousy? I feel like I've, I feel like yes, a hundred percent. Like I think anyone that says they haven't experienced jealousy is lying. Of course, because like, it's such an intense emotion. It's like, I think, I think probably what comes to mind like immediately is like romantic jealousy. Of and course, like feeling mm-hmm. jealous of someone for being with someone that you're trying that you wish you were with or something like that. But I think it can also come like much more like like smaller than that because that's kind of a big of very course big feeling but yeah yeah, no. that was a, yeah, yeah. Sorry. it's sorry. a tough i would say it's a tough one man because it's like not one i experience very often so it's really like, compared to like anger or like sadness or you know just like other strong emotions mm. it's not one that i have like good coping mechanisms for so mm. whenever i feel like intense jealousy it's like it hits me and it, it, it i don't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so hard we, it's definitely different to deal with than okay. like i think a lot of people it's like anger it's like oh i have my my escapes that I can go to to figure it out and deal with it. But yeah, jealousy is definitely different. Yeah, jealousy is kind of like poison in that way. Because like Mm -hmm. anger, other things, you ride them out. Like Mm -hmm. you ride them like waves, you let them come and go. But jealousy, you're like, well, if these people, like whether it's one person or two people or whatever, keep doing what they're doing, Mm -hmm. these feelings will keep Mm -hmm. coming up. Yeah, they'll just keep coming up and building almost. And it's like, oh my God, they're getting worse. And how can it be worse than it was at the start? It's like... It feels so out of control. Yeah, it's completely out of control. I know. And it feels like sometimes the only way is to like completely cut yourself off. And then it's like, oh, but I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, someone that you're also friends with or whatever. It's like, it can be really complicated. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. do you guys have like an example of a time you felt jealousy um i i think like if i think back my probably my most intense jealousy moments were in like high school of course it's like so easy to like just like feel like you're in love with someone and just be like oh my god like this is the per-. even though like it's a completely made up scenario especially in high school you're like I would look at someone in the hallway and be like, that's my person. Yeah. Like, just become obsessed with them. That's not true. Like, that's... Um, but anyways, I think those would be probably my most intense feelings of jealousy because 
it would be like a friend of mine suddenly saying that like they were interested in that person or they're and I was like no like they're mine and it's like no that's not a thing like you can't feel that that's not you know people aren't yeah I had that in very irrational like, I had a crush on someone, and I never did anything about it in ninth mm-hmm. grade. And then this girl told me she had a crush on him, too. And then I was like, oh, now he's got to be mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like that. It's yeah. like as soon as a friend... I had, yeah, I had that situation where it's like... <laughs> I had a situation where a f- me and two of my friends all had a crush on the same person. And I was very silent about it. My two friends were super, like, they would talk about it all the time. And I felt so, like... It was like they were very, they almost like ended their friendship over it. And I was there just like simmering in rage over it because I was also upset, but I didn't want to like, I saw them like ending their friendship and I was like, oh, that can't happen with me too. Like I can't be part of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, it's pretty intense. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Vita? I don't know. I've been lucky. Not too many romantic issues, but I think most (laughs) (laughs) most of the, uh, the jealousy I feel, I feel like almost as harder is like Mm. when you like. When you see people, probably if you're talking romantic, you see people, especially friends, in a very healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And you see how much joy they bring to each other. And it's oh. like, that's almost harder to deal with. Because Even it's if like, it's not someone you're involved yeah, with. Yeah, it, yeah it's oh. not someone you're interested in. But like, it yeah. draws so much happiness yeah. out of their happiness. But then there's always a part of you that's, like, you know, wondering. Yeah, envious. Yes, yeah. like, why yeah. aren't I in a happy and relationship? And I, I feel that slips into, like, like all sorts of walks of life. Yeah. Like, academic, you know, professional. It's just like... Yeah. Because it, it ends up always becoming... You know, yeah. envious of what they're feeling and then when you look back on yourself it's like mm-hmm. what, what am i doing I think, wrong zoe like you saying like it's poison like that's so mm-hmm. accurate like it yeah. really is it kind of like seeps into every aspect of yeah. your life no matter what it is and it's like mm-hmm. yeah it awful. Awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's awful i wish it wasn't we're just like it's awful i hate it <laughs> so how do you guys know each other Oh, <laughs> um, we're roommates. We roommates. Uh, oh. roommates. Um, yeah. I already know that. <laughs> <We did. laughs> I could tell that reaction was like, we've uh, we're oh. busy. <laughs> um, we've lived together for like a year, year and, a half? and a half now. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And do you do any roomy things? Like, do you do movie night cuddles? Like <laughs> <laughs> all the time. All, yeah. Um, yeah, we we watch. We argue. We yeah, me and Ethan tend to argue. Really? We have a bit of a yeah, but it's like mostly. I it's, it's like, like a familiar relationship. It like reminds me of like yeah yeah my my brother a lot. It tends to be like yeah. but but we 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 find our way. It's yeah. always there's an out to it. It's a healthy balance. <laughs> I I'd, I'd, I'd like this. <laughs> yeah, I I'd like to assume so too. Are either of you guys? Um, in love or have a little crush on anyone? At you moment. don't have to say <laughs> currently. But yeah, currently, um, currently. I would say like crushes are consistent, like all the oh, time. Oh, in your life. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I'm in love with anyone at the moment. But okay. It would be and like no, like a big. Is it small, medium, or like obsession crush right now? No, I don't. Think <laughs> I'm sure that it rotates no, between. I know yeah. exactly what you mean about yeah. the obsession crush. I don't think it's an obsession yet. I think it's more of like small, verging on. Mm, okay bigger nice. but like mostly a small crush okay great what about you Ethan? i mean my roommates will tell you that i talk about my class crushes all oh the time. right really okay you have class crushes that's yeah, great just, that's a good way to keep it has this thing where he'll like he'll look at a girl from literally from the back and he'll just be like oh my god she has such like beautiful earrings <laughs> Like, I discovered my new class crush it, and then he'll slowly, like... I love a class Yeah, he'll really. slowly, like... It'll, it'll slowly get larger throughout the semester. And then suddenly... And then I'll talk to them. <laughs> a moment of cutoff, and it just so happens to always be when he just like, speaks to them. <laughs> I mean, the other... The girl I was talking about this past week, the cutoff was... 
she always wears, uh, she always brings a, uh, a purse instead oh, yeah. of like a knapsack. <laughs> it bothers And it was like a very fancy <laughs> purse. And it, oh, it, I don't know, for some reason it bothered like me. Like her pulling her, like you, like, uh, her, her, yeah. her stuff. Yeah, yeah her it's kind of drama. Yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't yeah. want that like, in her life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, bring a Yeah, <laughs> come on, on, man. Jan sported all the way. Yeah. <laughs> you Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. I love you and goodbye. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, my God.